Welcome to the Learning Reinvented podcast brought to you by myself, Katie Gordon, and the team at The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we wanted to do something slightly different. This week, I'll be talking to our other podcast host, James Politilo, to look at the trends for learning and development in 2021. James, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background? Yes, thanks, Katie. So uh, I'm James Politilo. I'm one of the directors of a company called The Learning Effect, and we work with organisations to help them enhance how they deliver learning so that it's delivering better results for the business and also for their employees. So as we look forward into 2021, what do you see the focus and trends for learning in the coming year? I think it's going to be an odd one this year. So probably a little bit foolish to be talking about predictions for 2021 when we can't really predict what we're going to do next week. But if we're looking back at how it will be for next year, I think for everyone, as as with most years, it's going to be different. So depending which company you're in, which industry you're in, what your role is, so it's, it's all going to be different. But if we're looking at trends as a whole, I think you're going to be balancing a couple of things in 2021. You're probably going to be balancing pragmatism because we're going to be coming out of COVID, hopefully. Uh, Also dealing with, if you're at all touched with the UK, ramifications of Brexit and various other changes. And also looking forward and trying to be progressive in our practices and looking to what we might do differently. And I think to reflect on that, 2020 was probably a year of learning in the flow of work which has been talked about for years and years and years coming into impact so suddenly the how we did learning becomes really important so you know where it used to be classroom and we're talking about getting learning closer to when people are doing work things suddenly went online so it was all about how you do learning on zoom how you integrate your learning tech with something like microsoft teams so there was a lot of stuff about the mechanics of doing learning and a lot of things to try and move that forward I think what will be different in 2021 is we'll be looking forward as to what is it we're actually learning. So regardless of how you do that, what is it that people should be learning to ensure that they've got the right skills? And and the real trend we're seeing is, is talking about skills for the future. And in the past, we've seen learning in the flow of work take three or four years to become that trend and to come to fruition in the industry. And bubbling up for the last couple of years has been this discussion about what are the future skills and why do we need to develop those skills. So I think broadly that's what people are going to be looking at this year, pragmatism and skills for the future. Why do you think future skills will be so important this year? Future skills have been on the radar for the last couple of years and it's all been driven by the fact that the world's getting quicker. So we've seen a more volatile world, People are having to be more agile, customer demands are changing more quickly. A lot of that's been driven by technological evolution. Um, And so what people have been talking about is the half-life of skills. And what they mean by that is if you learn something today, how long will that skill still be relevant and useful to you in work or in life? And because of the way things are changing, you're seeing that that's becoming shorter and shorter. So it may be going back 20, 30 years, you could learn something at the beginning of your career and not a lot would change if you or it would change, but maybe not the speed it does now. Whereas if you learn something in a job now, you can find 
your systems, the customer, the environment, and everything has changed within years, months, even weeks, as we've seen in the last year. You can teach out processes and they go suddenly skills that were highly relevant and no longer relevant because the world's changing. So I think we're catching up with the fact that the world is far more agile. So the World Economic Forum produce a, a number of reports every year looking at the future of jobs and the future of skills. And they're predicting that you'll see that 44% of skills will effectively be redundant by 2025. Now that's not far away. So in five years, we're gonna see nearly half the skills we use today not being useful. So what are we going to be doing differently? What jobs will we be doing? What skills will keep us employable, keep us relevant, keep the economy ticking over? So those things are all coming together with other factors as well. So we're about to come into, or we've already started to enter into a recession. So you're seeing that people are having to make themselves more employable. So they're going to be looking at, actually there's a driver for me to make sure I'm up to date. I can't sit and be complacent because if I do, someone else may gather those skills. They might be more employable than I am. And we're also going to be asked to deliver more as we always are in any downturn in the economy where we need to produce more with less resource, less staff members. So people are therefore going to have to enhance their skills. So I think there's a number of things coming together that will mean this long talked about focusing on developing future skills, not just developing for the immediate term, but also looking to make sure that both your company and yourself are future fit. That will become far, far more important as we start to come out of the out of the COVID situation, because I still think the first half of the year is going to be tied up in trying to pragmatically take what we did in 2020 and make sure that that becomes the way that we do things going forward. So even though companies may not have put the best infrastructure or reimagined how they deliver learning in the best way, they will be doing that in the first half of the year. And then they'll be thinking far more precisely about what it is that they should be delivering because they've almost had a pause. And I think this may help the learning industry that we've seen lots of programs stop, lots of classroom based stuff stop. So there's the perfect opportunity for learning teams to check that what they're doing is still relevant for the future, that it is still the things that need to be doing, and therefore that should drive the skills conversation as well. So how should we go about meeting this challenge, do you think? I think at a top line level, it's quite an easy, simple process. The first part is to look at what skills you will need in the future. The second part is to look at the skills you currently have. And the third part is to map a plan to get you from the skills you currently have towards those future skills. So it's like any gap analysis and something that most learning and development functions will be familiar with and will have done time and time again in their careers. I think what makes it slightly different is as we're operating in a far more agile world, we're going from a definite point of the skills we've had now, but the end point is maybe not so clear because it's moving more often. So if we start to unpick each of those three stages, we can just pull out some of the things that people should be considering. So the first thing is identifying those skills you might need. 
Now, the way to do that is really get to understand your business plan. So get alongside your business leaders, understand where you're going as a business and what you're going to be doing differently. And that can be your own business. It can be looking at the industry. It can be looking at other industries that are maybe slightly ahead of you in their journey of evolution or, or the way that they're progressing and you think your business is going to follow them. So you can get to understand the direction they're going in and think about the outputs you will need as a business and then what skills or capabilities will you need within your business to be able to deliver that. And that should start to give you a starting point. The other thing you can do is is look externally and look at some of the data and research to see what skills people are projecting or being predicted. And that can be slightly more easy and clear when it comes to, say, tech skills, because particular coding skills or various other skills, you can make more certain bets that those are going to definitely be needed within business. And then comes and you'll see a lot of the other skills that are being predicted are more of the soft skills. So if we again go back to what's being predicted by the World Economic Forum for skills for 2025. So they're pulling out things such as analytical thinking and innovation, active learning and learning strategies, complex problem solving, critical thinking and analysis and creativity, originality and initiative. And if I was to bundle those up, what you'll see is they're more about dealing with that uncertainty. They're the skills and, and that base level to allow you people in your business to be able to navigate change more effectively, navigate uncertainty more effectively. And for learning teams, it's really interesting that the number two on the list is active learning and learning strategies. So it feels like that door's been pushed open in the last year and it's really our opportunity to grasp that. So you can work with your business, look at the external data, Again, take some of it with a pinch of salt. There was a report from McKinsey which was identifying the skills that people most wanted to learn for their job. And for example, they were saying that the skill that HR people most wanted to learn was advanced IT and programming. Now, I might question that a little bit because A, were they asked to pick from a list that they didn't really understand? Do you really need your HR team to be advanced IT skilled and programmers or do they just need enough awareness of those things to be able to work effectively with them and to utilise tech in, in the business effectively? So I think there's a danger sometimes of going through these things and pulling out top line names or figures or skills without really drilling down into what that means for your business. So there's a number of things we need to be aware of when we're going through that process. So you've worked your way through in collaboration with your business to work out what are those future skills. You should also be thinking about what's your process to review those future skills as well. So this is not a one-off exercise that's going to stay, set a direction of travel for the next two to three years and that's going to stay the same. So you need a way to keep that refreshed and up to date. So what, what are your process going to be to do that? You then need to think about how are you going to understand where your skills are in the business? What are your current skills? And again, that's going to be very different for everyone.
So your challenge is for your business to capture those skills and make sure that you've got them for your people. But as we've seen over the years, gathering accurate skill data about your employees can be really difficult. So we've seen people use things like LinkedIn to put fake skills against their profile and suddenly everyone starts endorsing them to say they're the best person at baking bread or something completely random when it's not a skill they have. Uh, we've also seen some of the research from Degree that shows that around about 75% of employees think the skills data held in their talent management system is inaccurate. And we can argue about the percentages, but the reason behind that is if people don't see a valid reason for putting data into a system that's going to be useful, the quality of that data tends to be lower. And for anyone who's been through a major HR system implementation, you know, if you get to the point where you suddenly make that data available to your employees, so you put in a self-service portal and people can see that their home address is wrong, their date of birth is wrong, or any other information about themselves is wrong, and that's important and material to them, they will take effort to change that data. In the same way, having data into the system, you can't always rely if you've got historic data because it may be you're doing something new with this data. And this comes back to the third point of this is what's your plan and what's the reason that this is an important process? So we've projected in the future what we want. We're going to gather what we've got about our current employees. Why is this going to make a difference and why should employees care about this? And why should we be dragging people beyond maybe pragmatically looking at the, being the best they can be to deliver their job at the moment to think about the fact that if you carry on like that, you're going to be out of date or obsolete or not as effective as you need to be in the next 12 months, two years, etc. So a big part of our job as learning and development teams is to ensure that we're creating that buy-in and that why so that people understand having accurate data about myself, engaging with understanding what the future skills I should have or I could have to broaden my career are and doing something in the middle to get me from A to B are important. Once we get from that point of taking people engaged in that process, your business engaged in that process, only then can you start worrying about the how and putting relevant learning or systems into the middle. So that would be my recommendation for your process is start with thinking about those two ends and don't design the middle without understanding how you're going to get those two ends working because you can put in the best learning system, you can buy hugely expensive tech, but if you're, you've got no way within that process of understanding what those skills are, making sure that the data is accurate and getting engagement and the culture of your business driving people to be motivated and want to develop those skills of the future, you're probably not going to achieve very much apart from waste a lot of time and money. So how ready do you think we are to grasp this challenge? I think it's a difficult one because as with anything, unless you're doing it for the right reasons, it shouldn't be a challenge that you try to grasp. So you should understand what's the business reason for you trying to look at future skills. And if you're not doing that and you're just doing it because it's what everyone else is talking about in learning and development or HR, then I don't think you're ready to grasp it. But if you've understood what your business and your employees 
and potential employees will need to help them through and succeed in the next 6, 12, 24 months. And you're starting to look at that and you're recognising actually we're changing our customer delivery model. We're putting more tech in that's going to make certain roles redundant or we're again we're moving into different markets we've got product or service innovation that's changing what we're doing and you're looking at those particular skill sets or those competencies or outcomes that your business needs to deliver and you're looking at your current team and saying we're probably not there or we're going to need to do something differently or we're falling behind the market i think if it's driven by those things we're may be ready in the terms of we understand it's important and we'll align up behind this and we can maybe get the business corralled behind us or, or work as part of that business team to solve that challenge. I think there's then a secondary question of if you've got that bit, how ready are we with the tools and the processes and the understanding of how to do that? Um, I think on that it, it, it would be very, very different. There's some people are already in this space who are starting to look at different ways as to how they can understand the skills of the future, of how they can map different skills into what they need, how they can project what uh, workforce they need, the skills they need, the type of people where that can be. And there's other people who haven't even thought about this yet. So again, I think everyone's going to be on an individual journey. What you'll also see is a lot of the learning tech providers and HR providers have started to preempt this. So you'll see lots of tech solutions out there starting to talk about skills. And again, that's a marketing activity to try to get people to understand this is important. So the tech's coming, the need and drive for the business is coming. I think it's just us being ready or learning teams being ready in the middle to understand what the problem is, how they put that together with a solution, doesn't have to be tech, and how they can therefore deliver something to try and help meet that challenge for their business. Thanks very much for joining us today, James. I think it's really interesting that you're saying that 44% of skills um, will actually change by 2025. And obviously now we're in 2021, that's not too far away. So it's something that we definitely need to start looking at as an industry. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Learning Reinvented podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. You can register to join the Learning Effect community. The link to do so is in the show notes below. If you've not already done so, please follow our podcast. And if the Learning Effect can help you and your organisation, please do get in touch. You can find both James and Katie on LinkedIn and our contact details are in the show notes below.